Welcome to the Social Flight Live podcast, an audio version of our live show, hosted every Tuesday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern at socialflightlive.com. Social Flight is brought to you by Aspen Avionics, Avidyne, Bose Aviation, Continental Aerospace Technologies, Lightspeed Aviation, Massimo Mighty Sat, Tempest Aero Group, and Whip Air. And now, here's your host, Jeff Simon. Hello, everyone. I'd like to bring to you now a, another episode of Treat Williams Behind the Scenes from one of our pre-show meetings that we had prior to his appearance coming on here on Social Flight Live. Treat was one of the most remarkable individuals I have ever met. And so with the permission of his family, we are releasing parts of these recordings that took place in preparation for our Social Flight Live shows that featured Treat Williams. And so we're going to join this one just as Treat was beginning to tell one of his stories. So sit back and enjoy. Oh, um, so uh, in the, from the backseat, Chris goes, Treat, you really are an outdoorsy kind of a guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's all he said the whole trip home. You really are an outdoorsy kind of a guy. He is actually one of the funniest people I've ever spent time with. Really? You'd be surprised at how, how funny and dry he is. He's very, very funny. Uh, we had a lot of fun. It was a lot it was a great time. We still talk about it. And, um, and did you had you already spent like a lot did you already like know them really closely before that and had spent a lot of time with them before that trip? I didn't know Chris well, but we were both Broadway dancers, you know, at one time. So we had that in common. There's a there's a bond of kids who've done Broadway shows. And he was Ronnie Walken, the dancer, before he was Chris Walken, the actor. He really? was one. Of, oh, yeah. He's one of the best tap dancers I've ever seen. White. I had no idea. Oh, yeah. Go watch his. Yeah. Um, watch a movie. I'll tell you what. Write it down. Write, watch Pennies from Heaven with Steve Martin. Yeah, yeah, I know that movie. Yeah. Just does solo dance in a bar, a tap in his underwear. In his underwear. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, know, I know, I know the movie. I just don't remember that. Wow. Uh, yeah, he was, he was, he was extraordinary in it. His dancing is wonderful. And then he did, uh, you know, he and Johnny Travolta had a little dance they did in, uh, in uh, Hairspray. But I had done the movie Hair, so we were both musical kids. I had started in Hair and did a lot of singing and dancing and that. And so we knew each other. Bob and I had been, for two months just recently, finished uh, Once Upon a Time in America together. Yep. So Bob saved me from being gasolined and burned to death in one scene. So we got to know each other and liked each other. And he called me and said, you want to go to Cuba? Would you fly us? And I said, sure. That's, awesome. That's before anybody could go. We had a, what are called artistic visas. It's the only reason we were allowed to go. How's my airplane coming back there? Just, just wondering behind you. Oh, Thank it's, you. Uh, it's, it's a, we're about to release a couple new videos. It's coming. Oh, great. Send them uh, to me. I make sure I got to know where to get them or watch them. You got to come down and visit. We got to come up and visit. I would, we're well, trying to I've got news for you since then. My fuel tank is here. That's going into the cub as we speak. But the weather's been so not flyable, so cold, so bad for engines. And uh, the uh, the uh, uh, the Aztec we found, the left engine's kaput. It's bad. What's what kaput? How? Well, the first thing was I told Charlie, my partner, I said, Charlie, I'm telling you, 
I'm having to push a whole lot of right pedal on takeoff, which I wasn't doing this for, for five years. He said, I don't notice it. And I said, well, go to full power, but don't hold the brakes. Go to full power and just feel, just be aware of your feet. And finally he said, yeah, yeah, I, I am starting to notice that now, you know. Okay. Then he said to me, Treat, I'm noticing on the run-up that the mag drop is almost at the, at the, at the past 150 RPM. And I said, well, I don't like that either. So we took to our mechanic and he said, guys, everything's worn out. It's 2,700 hours. You're way past TBO. It's just, you got, we, so anyway, we're sending the block up to be rebuilt up in, uh, I guess in Canada, there's a place that's really well known and very good that okay. rebuilt. And they, the problem is you can't get a, a, a remanded engine from the, from the manufacturer because they're six or eight months behind. Everybody wants a new engine. Yeah. So, that, so we're having it rebuilt in Canada. So that'll be down. Unfortunately, I won't fly it again until I get back from my show. What kind of uh, engine is it? It's a 250 horsepower. Lycon? Uh, yeah. Uh, ISO, five, ISO 530, five I think it is. 540. Five. 540. Yep. And you know, it's, it's, it's fuel injected. It was fine. I thought until this recently it just started to deteriorate on us. So. Well, um, yeah, I mean, it just depends on what you want to, you know, what it's 2,700 from, from overhaul. Yeah. Overhaul? It's going to be 30, 30 grand approximately. No, no, I meant, uh, oh, oh, from, from major. Yeah. From, yeah. From overhaul or, or from new, I'm not sure how much it was flown. It wasn't my. I did, I came into the airplane late, so I haven't ever looked at the the, the actual logbooks from where who had it yeah. before Charlie. I mean, I work with Mike Bush, so we counsel people all the time. But right now, we're counseling people not to overhaul if you really, really don't have to. And and you know, engines are very. Uh, you know, every situation's different, but I mean, they're very compartmentalized. <clears throat> and we trust these guys. They are. Uh, they're in your neck of the woods. I think they're over in New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. right on the lake there um and uh they have an aztec and they have a a chieftain that they use for hire and and i don't think they tell us we needed a new engine unless we needed it and they're yeah. not they're not getting anything out of it they're not doing the engine mm. you know, they'll put it yeah. in they'll put, put it back in again but i think it's time we were having problems with the the number three jug was always running hot. We always, you know, in summertime, we almost always had the cow flap wide open, even in yeah. cruise. Well, if your hours are really high, then 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 it makes sense. If your hours are low, uh, then I, I don't, you know, it's always, I, I always advise. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised it lasted as long as it did. I mean, if you take good care of an engine, you can go, you can go, you know, my right. cub, right. my cub's probably thousands of hours past TVO, you know? <laughs> Yeah, this little four-cylinder Continental running great. So that's awesome, totally awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, what other kind of stories do you think you want to like get into? Like, what areas are good? I, I think you know, I, I like talking about flying in general too. I just like a discussion. I don't know who your audience is, but I, I would really love to see it be a prerequisite. That that I've, I'm just reading these aviation accidents over and over again. I'm reading, you know, I'm seeing these guys on YouTube that are very good at breaking down what happened. And a lot of them are guys that can't seem to fly an airplane when the autopilot's not on in IMC. Yeah. Instrument radar is a guy who killed himself in his citation uh, out in, in Utah coming out of Salt Lake. He, there was nothing wrong with the airplane. He just, his autopilot, I think, failed on him and he panicked. 
and he couldn't fly the airplane IMC. I was like, you, 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 I'd kind of like to have young pilots be able to fly the airplane well enough on the gauges to get themselves out of trouble into a place that's got a couple miles and a thousand feet, you know? Yeah. I don't know what the answer to that is, but I, I, I'd like to, I don't know who your audience is, but they're probably guys who already know that anyway and, you know, way past. No, not necessarily. So, I mean, you know, our audience is, is, is obviously going to be pilots, um, Mm -hmm. but it's all over the place. And I think, I think what we, we should talk about stuff like that. I think everybody always wants to see a mixture of, kind of general hangar talk with talking about, you know, your stories and, and mixing in the stories that are really unique, of course, like you said, that, you know, the one with uh, uh, Bob and and, um, and Chris and things that, that they're not going to hear anywhere else because it's it's kind of like your experience, your inner circle, your star links and, and all that kind of stuff because that makes for good. That, that's, that's always stuff that they're, that, you know, no one's going to hear anywhere else. Uh, and I don't think of those things as anything more than checking some friends flying. You know, that's the thing. I know, I but, very, but, but remember, for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people online, like, they're like, oh, they don't get to hear that anywhere well, listen, else. I gave, Johnny, I gave John Travolta his first, I think, two rides in a small plane. I took him up. I, I took him up. I thought I only took him up in my Cherokee 180, but he says I got him sick doing aerobatics. So I must have taken him up in my clip wing down in New Jersey. At Skymaker Airport, because he said you made me sick. I I threw up, or almost threw up. And were I thought, you guys doing doing work together at the time? We were singing and dancing in a Broadway musical with the Andrews Sisters, That's and we awesome. I was his I was John's understudy in Greece on Broadway before yeah. I took over the lead. Before you know, so well I was playing Zuko on Broadway. He was doing it in the movie. You know. Have you ever painted out? I mean, the hair, the hierarchy of like what came, of everything that came from hair is just amazing just well, Greece too Greece yeah. also I mean, so many but Richard Gere John Jeff Conaway uh what's his name from Dirty Dancing uh uh so many of us came out of the out of Broadway uh, out of Greece on Broadway but I wow. you know I on my days off from Greece I would I would take the subway down to my car which was uh, uh parked on a pier and I would drive out to Sky Manor Airport in New Jersey it was about an hour and a half drive and I'd go fly my cub yeah. all over the map. In fact, one of the things that was kind of cool is, and I'll talk about this when you talk about this, this is something that I've jot down that can ask me about the cub, uh, is that I I was flying it uh, during, no, it wasn't, it, I'm sorry. I had the Seneca when it was during the, when, when Reagan fired uh, all of the controllers. Oh. And uh, so, but 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 it wasn't that. It was that the Cub didn't have a radio. So I would call Danbury Airport and say, could you give me the gun? I'll be in about four o'clock. And there was a standard way of, of entering a pattern that you know very few people knew about. You, I think you either remain 500 or 1,000 feet, somebody would know, above the pattern altitude, but you fly the pattern. Then they know you're there. And then you get the gun. And it's green or it's red. And it, it's and I can't even remember now whether blinking red. I mean, you had a, you, I had to learn this stuff when I learned to fly. The, Everybody the still learned it. No one remembers it. The guys in the tower are so excited to be able to use it. Like, oh man, we get to use the light gun, you know. <laughs> and you get a blinking red that meant you're about to be uh, released into the pattern. And then you you'd start down and you know you start down under the downwind and then you get the green light. The steady green meant, come on, go ahead and land. And then when you were taxiing, you get a red light to stop at a, if there is a crossing runway, and you get a green light to cross the runway. 
That's how you, that's how you communicate it. That's awesome. I better look that up before we talk. <laughs> we used to have to study that stuff, you know? It was amazing. That's awesome. Um, so, there, yeah, there's that. I mean, it'll probably just be like this. Well, just things will come up. That's all we're doing. Yeah. You know, 16 years, 16 Unless years. Unless you want to think between now and tomorrow night about anything that's like, you know, cool. Well, some of the most joyous flying was, was taking, you know, folks up in the T6. That was, that was a lot of fun. You know, the six was that my aerobatic baby. So yeah, everybody got sick in that. <laughs> <laughs> no one was safe with me. <laughs> I know when they got quiet, we were in trouble. Isn't this fun? Isn't this great? You hear nothing in the back. You want to head back? Yeah, I'm not feeling so good. And you know, uh, nausea in an airplane, it, it's, once it starts, it doesn't stop. You know, That's you've got to awesome. get them down to the ground. You do not want to clean out a T6. You can't get to it, you know. So oh that was, But I took all the cast of Everwood, my show Everwood, up all the yeah. time. I was flying over the Uinta mountain range, and it was just beautiful flying, I have to say. A lot of fun. So, That's yeah, awesome. there, was some, there was some great fun stuff. Did, do you, when, when, uh, when you're uh, heading out uh, west in a month or, or so, uh, do, you, uh, do you bring the Seneca out there? I know your partner's in it. So No, it's an Aztec. Oh, Aztec, uh, sorry. That's right. Uh, no, I don't, uh, for a couple of reasons. Well, I don't want to talk about medical because I don't want any of the FAA snooping in. No, 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 no. But I'm, because I'm, no, but because of the new uh, Canada hasn't caught up with uh, basic med. Right. And right. so if you have basic med, they don't want you flying in Canada yet. They're not quite cool with that. Yeah, I hope they change that soon. I don't know if you could fly your own plane there, but what I did was oh. I got a okay, I got a Canadian add-on. Um, which was a, um, uh, it's a green license they give you that proves you can fly there and then you can fly a Canadian airplane. But I got to tell you, I, I rented, I would rent an airplane from a flying club as a 172. Where was I going to go? I wasn't going to go out over water in a single anymore. I don't trust that. <laughs> so go down, down to Victoria for lunch and I, that there's so much paperwork and so many just flying a vfr flight you have to file a flight plan you have no idea how lucky we are to fly in this country because there's so much red tape it's like i don't want to i'd rather go get in a kayak i don't you know i <laughs> i'll go do a couple touch and goes with somebody or you know if, they, or if a lot of guys want me to go up with them because a lot of them aren't aren't instrument uh uh, they're not current, and they'll have me go up and pretend to be the controller, and you know, put them through the mill, you know, as a safety pilot. I'll do that with them in their airplanes, but uh, I don't miss it that much when I'm there. I'm there to work. And how many, uh, months, was, how many months are you out there? Um, I'm out there three. Okay. Exactly that's, three. That's not but, bad. But you know, the, the thing of getting the airplane, you you had to go through these books and sign these documents, and when you took it out, where were you going, and and then you had to talk to controllers. If you wanted to fly in that, they have an outer tower and an inner tower. At, uh, uh, and so there was just so, and all the reporting points were visual reporting plates on the island, you know, you know, like Pagasaki. I don't know where that is. Or, you know, <laughs> the large fir tree on the coast, you know. So <laughs> it's like somebody coming into Teterboro and somebody saying, I want you to hold at the Alpine Tower. 
Nobody exactly. coming. Nobody. Everybody coming in, flying out of Teeter knows where the Alpine Tower is. Yeah, but, but not some, coming in. <laughs> no, somebody's coming from Massachusetts for the first time. Hold, where's the Alpine Tower? What That's do you mean? Awesome. You know the Alpine Tower is. God damn it! <laughs> New York controllers, you know. Follow the cliff. Look about five miles north of the bridge. See that tower? Yeah. Hold at it. Stay out of my head. I'm busy. Um, yeah, that's, there's, there's a couple. Oh, oh, the other one I wanted to tell you about, the one of the stupid, I should talk about, just before I got my instrument rating, the day afterwards I decided I was getting it right away, I was coming back from Long Island in my Cherokee 180, uh, which was it was capable of IFR flight, but I wasn't. And I got back to the city and it had come down, deteriorated the weather and Cedarboro looked socked in. And the only way I get in was that I had my ADF needle tuned to ABC tower, which is just off the end of runway one nine. And if that hadn't been there, I don't think I would have, I would have had to turn around and go find someplace at night in crappy, that kind of, you know, that John Kennedy weather. Mm. Basically, and uh, that that was that scared the shit out of me. That was that was my scary flight where yeah. I said I, I shouldn't be flying in this stuff until yeah. I get the rating. And so I jumped on my instrument rating and had it within a couple months. That was that was pretty scary. So I'll talk about that too. That was a that was dumb. Yeah, it's gonna, gonna be a ton of fun. Uh, remind me uh, also for just for us to get together at some point. When when do you leave to head out to uh, Victoria, Vancouver Island? Um. Oh, not for a while, not till uh, the, about the 15th of March. But I've got the 172, uh, the school that Charlie has a flight school here. And he said I could take whenever, you know, where it's not, whenever it's free, I can go ahead and jump. I can come over in the 172 sometime just for fun, just to fly. I haven't flown in. Just terrible flying weather lately, though. I heard, yeah. I heard one airplane yesterday for the first time in I don't know how long overhead. You know, very few guys flying right now. And the crazy part is, even with all the weather stuff, we were we were all set to get to Alton Bay this weekend for the ice runway, and then poof, it gets too warm for it. Not now. Uh, not not maybe today they've opened. Yesterday uh, we wanted to go on uh, Saturday, and it got too warm. Is that closed. a lake? Is that a lake in New Hampshire? Uh, so Alton Bay is on uh, near Laconia, and uh, that's where, that's where that's where we keep that's where the airplane is. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they, the those, those are our guys. Runway there, uh, that they open every year. Have you ever landed on that? It's it's amazing. They plow this beautiful ice runway. I've seen pictures. I've never done it. I should do it. It's so much fun. What, what do they say for breaking action? <laughs> breaking action Zero. non-existent. Reported by a Seneca. <laughs> Zero. Have you done it? Is it is it kind of a weird experience or is it fun? Is it? It's fun. I, 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 I've been there a few times. I loved it. Um, every time I've gone, it's, it's, you know, all sorts of planes land there. And, uh, yeah, the, sometimes if there's a crusty top layer, then you'll have a tiny bit of traction, but otherwise, of course you don't, but it's, it's fun. It's, it's a hell, it's a winter carnival. You know, they always have, they have a lot of st cool stuff. That was the first time I ever realized that, uh, there's snowmobilers also doing, doing stuff. And I saw these snowmobiles that go over open water, and I've never seen that. They like go over the ice, and then they come to this section of open water, and they go for long distances, like 200 yards. And I'm uh, like, I'm like, I asked someone, how does that work? They said it works great unless they slow down. 
Well, it's like the airplanes you see in the little videos landing and hitting the water. It's like, a, yeah. What was I just going to, oh, I got to tell you, you know, one time, one thing about the Sixers, I had a friend, Scott, who uh, he also had a T6, and we were flying him back from the Midwest here. One, our mechanic was also a pilot, so we were just screwing around and bringing the airplanes back uh, east. And somewhere around, uh, I, I, yeah, somewhere around we were going to land in uh uh in ohio in cleveland which i love that airport because it's on the water you know yeah and the rock and roll rock, hall, rock hall of fame right under your approach so we're going to land in cleveland so we go out and we're out over the we're out over the lake and we started dog fighting and we were <laughs> dog fighting and, and he goes hey i'm getting low on fuel i didn't notice that we got to get down man i'm low on fuel just find us the nearest airport so i I turned up, turned up. I had one at the time. What was that? The the first moving map, Argus. I think it was called. Yeah, okay. yeah. I had an Argus. I turned it up. I looked, and all the airports had a C in front of them. And I said, "What is this? There's all C this and C Alpha Delta." <laughs> he said, "Dude, we're over Canada. We got to get out of here." <laughs> we had flown north along the lake, and we were over the border dog fighting we didn't realize it so we had to fly oh, back yeah. over the lake we got back into to uh luckily radar didn't catch us I don't, we could have been in trouble for that oh that's awesome i guess it's okay if you clip the border but you don't land i don't know what the rules are in terms of that since uh, we're <laughs> yeah the real rules you're supposed to be on a flight plan if you're crossing the border other than that who knows you know oh it's god world now you can't get away he's with any seven pilot he was he was crazy in that airplane he was crazy he zeroed that thing out and i he would come right in dive it at 200 and 230 miles an hour and then he'd just do a loop from ground level wow you gotta know you're gonna pull it out of that loop good you know he was crazy i didn't do that stuff i was i was a nervous nelly i did all my aerobatics at eight thousand seven thousand <laughs> hey that's smart. That's why you're still here. I don't know why I'm still here. I'm lucky to be here. I know. Anyway, no, I, I'm I'm not leaving for a while. So if okay. you get that going, I want to see it. Oh, well, this isn't going to be going before then, but I definitely want to get together. Uh, maybe uh, that or, or Heidi and I will come up. Uh, as uh, your, your wife, you said, already left for the West Coast? or No, Pam leaves. I'm, I'm driving them down to New York City tomorrow, and she and Ellie, they found an apartment in L.A., I'm driving them down to the city, and then I will. Uh, uh, I'll come back, uh, and I'm here by myself uh, for. Um, I don't know for about a month, I guess. Okay, and we I, will. We will. We will come and we will come and uh, head out to dinner with you and uh, enjoy some. Uh, uh, keep you busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll try to think of some other things, but. Uh, uh, you know, I spent time with other, you know, a couple of things were fun. You know, Chris Reeve and I would fly all the time, and he would he would cheat me down to a little airport when he was at Williamstown. We'd go to a little airport there just south of Williamstown, Mass., and uh, we'd fly the approach into uh, Pittsfield, Mass., and then he said, come on, I'll, I'll guide you to the airport we want to be at. So we'd take the – we'd both shoot the ILS into Pittsfield, you know, we'd have a ceiling, and then he'd take me through the valleys to get to this other airport. This, this, I can't believe we did these things, you know. 
It's just Amazing. crazy. What did what did he fly? Chris started. Uh, he started with a uh, a beach. Uh, it, it wasn't a Baron. It was the beach single. What's it called? The beach uh, bonanza. Beach bonanza. Then he went to a P Baron. And after the P Baron, he got a Piper uh, Cheyenne. I think it was a two. Beautiful airplane. I was very jealous. And when I got my citation rating, he said, I've never been jealous of anything you did except for this. You got your jet rating. <laughs> he was already he was already in the chair by then. Uh, he'd had his accident. That was a, just a horrible. Oh, that's what I got to tell you about. We crashed. We crashed. Who? Who? Me and Chris Reeve. Seriously? Very seriously. He says, you want to go gliding? I said, sure. He says, I, I can rent a glider for us out at Fox Field or just out over the desert. So we drove to the desert. They towed us up to altitude in this glider. There were no very few thermals, right? So we didn't get any lift. So we just glided around. And I thought, well, this is pretty cool. So then uh, he sets up the approach. And I don't know much about landing a glider. Do you slip a glider? I mean, you know, I don't know. But it's got these spoilers on it, apparently, to dump altitude quickly without gaining speed because you only have one chance and uh, so we we're, were coming into this airport and i think he wasn't used to having another 170 pounds in the airplane so i saw there was a, a field like a cornfield a road and the runway and um i thought we're not going to make this we're not going to we're not making the runway and it was, he wasn't standing, and I wasn't standing. I said, I'm going to let him concentrate. And sure enough, we just hit, we just came, settled down right onto the field, hit the road, bounced up over the road, landed on the runway. We kind of flown up a little bit again, and the wings bent, both wings bent down. And we just sat there in silence. No, I didn't want to say anything. And finally, he didn't say anything for a long time, and I said, well, you put it on the numbers, so that was good, right? <laughs> but we totaled, we totaled the glider, and I'm I'm surprised we walked away. Wow. Go figure. That's, I don't. Uh, think, I'd probably not tell the story if he was still with us. You know, we don't like those stories to be to get around when we did stupid things. Yeah. It, but, uh, it, it, it wasn't stupid. He just, I think he just misjudged. Uh, uh, he just wasn't used to the weight. It was a hot day. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, yeah, this was fun, but I like having an engine in front of me. I just, it's helpful. <laughs> it's helpful when you get a little low and slow. <laughs> exactly. You're sitting there looking, what, what do I push? <laughs> that was the only, that was the only glider flight I ever took in my life was that one. Really? I was done. Oh, wow. I, well, okay. I've done that. I don't need to do that again. So there's another story for Tuesday. Kind of like pilots and skydiving, right? Like, well, the engine's still running. Why would we do this? I had a, yeah, I had a, when I we did a movie called The Eagle Has Landed with Michael Caine, and, and I had a uh, friend named Henry Carroll, who was my trainer for me playing an Army Ranger. And I went out with the Ranger Battalion on uh, night operations. And I was I was in good shape, thank God, because with, with no training, I was out there doing all-nighters in the mud and the swamp and all that stuff. And um, the day I was going to go 
uh, skydiving for the first time, I got a phone call that Henry, Henry shoot, they were coming back from training mission and Henry shoot, another guy shoot had, had entwined together and they went right into the parade grounds. Neither oh. shoot opened. Oh my and God. Thought, this is a message from a higher power to me not to go do this. So wow. I never, never went. Never wow. went. Yeah. So, um, uh, one other thing that we got uh, uh, requests from uh, from the last show is to talk <laughs> that at some point, even though it's not necessarily flying related, but uh, uh, someone wants to hear about, or, or a bunch of people want to hear about you making 1941. Oh yeah, I taught John Belushi what it's like to fly an airplane. Belushi became, became Did you really? Good. Yeah, he had me. He, he, I got him in the airplane, and he wanted to know what did what. You know, I said, "Well, you pull the stick back, it goes up. You push it forward, it goes down. Hold it over, you can roll the airplane." You know, he wanted to know because he was playing this hot shit pilot. What was that? P, was that a P forty or a P fifty one? He had in the movie. P forty. Yeah. Rock. Yeah. But the, there was a fifty one in it that took off from a field at one point. Did a roll. I can't remember where. Oh wow. Anyway, yeah, I, I gave John some lessons in uh, in how to fly. Um, um, you, ever go, you ever go up with him? He didn't. I don't think he really had a taste for it. A lot of guys were scared. You know, Barishnikov didn't want to go up. His girlfriend did, but he didn't want to go up. You say Barishnikov? Yeah, yeah. He no was kidding. A yeah, his girlfriend that wanted to go up was Jessica Lange, and. Uh, he said, no, nope, she can't go. And he lived about a mile from the field I learned to fly. And at the time, I had the 180, so I flew it into that place called, um, um, it was the lakes above Danbury. Uh, Candlewood. Can that Candlelight Farms oh, Airport. Yeah, yeah. And he had a house just nearby. We would go visit his house. Because he and Milos were very good friends, Milos Foreman. So, who, did, who directed Hair? You know, who so, directed Amadeus and Hair and Cuckoo's Nest. And uh, Milos came up with me. He had to take three hits of a vodka bottle before he got in the airplane with me. He was so scared. <laughs> oh, my God. And, and A lot of these guys do things that terrify me, but they just flying this. They don't like it. They just don't want to be in an airplane. And he's a British cop. Would go or would not go? Would not go. Would not go. No. But Milos should go after he drank. Milos should go after three good hits off a vodka bottle. He got in the airplane. He said, I, I, I'm so terrified. I'll, I'll drink some vodka. <laughs> and then Dorsey Wright was in the movie. Oh, I, I told you a story about, about hitting something during here. I think I already told you the C-130 story, didn't I? I was in the cockpit. Yeah. Yes, you hit the camera. Yeah, we hit the camera. And, and, and the DP, the director of photography, had a nervous breakdown. Because in Czechoslovakia, if you damaged equipment, you were arrested. So he thought he was going to be taken away. Because the equipment all belonged to the state, all to the government. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, that was, yeah. But there was a lot. It was nice. One of the things about, you know, about being a little bit known was I was invited into cockpits that other people didn't get to be in, you know. Yeah. I told you I got to fly the 727 when I was playing D.B. Cooper. Yeah. You know, the guy. I played the first guy to ever hijack an airplane. Uh, you're, and, you're being kind by saying a little bit known. Like, well, <laughs> we used, we used the, uh, we repainted 
with what's stuff called peel paint, just kind of a rubber-based paint you can peel off. We repainted a 747 that belonged to the San Diego Padres. So I got like 30 minutes of right seat time in a 727. That's awesome. And the only the, the strangest thing about a big airplane that really was most different was the trim wheel. This terrifying thing would go, <laughs> it would spin real fast. God damn, that thing is scary looking. Make this big heavy noise. And when you push the trim, you know, the little trim wheel, that big gigantic wheel would turn. Do you still go in talk to the when you fly uh, like when you go out there talk to the talk to the the pilots in the front? Not much. I'll I'll stop if they've got new equipment. And do, chat do, do, a little bit. Do you, fly, do you fly private out there, or do you fly like just regular uh, air, fly airline when you go out? To oh oh always a, a airline. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, there was a time when I when I would do a big movie when I co-starred with Harrison and Brad in uh, Double Zone. They flew me back for, they had to get me back for some reshoots. That was kind of nice to be in the back of the airplane. <laughs> and, you know, it, it was it was my first private jet ride, you know. That's I awesome. was the only passenger. But I actually prefer it up front, mostly. Yeah. I don't mind going slow. I, I just as soon take my time. Oh, enjoy, yeah. Enjoy the ride from up front. Absolutely. Yeah. I totally agree. It's... um. That's great. It's still I'm, I'm sorry I'm not going to be flying uh, much before I go, but it'll, I'll be back sooner than. Like I think. said, we'll 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 come see you anyway. We'll we'll make sure we we find time to see you during your month of uh, of solitude up there in Maine. Yeah, I'll <laughs> show you the Cub. In fact, if, if you're ever over at if I ever fly in, I'll show you the Aztec. So and yet, the nearest nearest airport's uh, Keene, right? Well, Aztec is sitting over at the airport. I I would probably fly there. I'd want to go over to. Uh, Actually, I would love to go over with this. Charlie and I might go over because we're going to do what you and I talked about. We want to put an oxygen tank in the back yep. on a cradle and just cut cut a hole and run the lines up front because our oxygen system has a little electronic changer that you can change the amount of oxygen you get. Yep. Because yep. I, like I like the cannula. I don't like that gigantic mustachey thing that they, they got going now. Yeah. Um but I, we figure the passengers don't need them. I just wanted it if I'm flying at eleven or twelve thousand for, you know, for a couple hours. I'd like to have it. If I want to go to fourteen above some weather, makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. Uh, so, but I'm, I think if we run a line to each of us, that's all we need, and then a line, and just we'll put the, we'll put the thing on a pedestal, but on the yeah. pedestal. Yeah. Well, you use that. You know, I sent you the pulse ox. You can try that thing, and uh, you'll see a big difference. It's, 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 it's almost immediate. Really? Pulse your finger. Oh, it's amazing. And then oh, you I feel can't... so much feel so much better. I do appreciate it. I also have to tell you how much I appreciate uh, uh, you looking into the telling you about the oxygen thing too. That's you know very helpful. Well, I'll hook you up anything that you need if you second opinion on anything with the airplane. I'm happy to help. Wait, well, uh, so remind me if we fly up to see you, is Keene the closest? For me? No, my home base. My home base is uh, Romeo Uniform Tango, Rutland. Oh, Rutland. I don't know why I thought Keene. Rutland, Rutland. Okay. It's got great approaches, too. It's got an ILS to 19, LDA to 19, and it's got a VNAV, uh, uh, LNAV plus V, I guess, going into runway one. But you don't want to go into runway one because it takes you right over Bromley Ski Area and you're looking down the mountains and saying, I, I didn't realize this approach had me this close to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> one nine's the one nine's there, the, the runway you want. No problem. That'll be that'll be awesome. 
What are you flying? What would you be flying in? The Bonanza. Okay, cool. Yeah. What do you got in that? What are you using for, for what's your, uh, 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 for uh, navigation? What do you got in there? Uh, an, an Aspen and, and two uh, uh, of uh, Avidines. Okay. Avidine is, has communication in it now? Uh, yeah, they well, they're the competitor of Garmin, so kind of the two all in one. Well, when I had an I had an Avidine in my Aztec, and it was only oh a, no a moving map. They no, must this, have moved into radios and and all that sort of thing. Yeah, it's the competitor. They they did they make a whole all in one. Uh, I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was a cool. cool it's thing. so incredibly easy to use. Like it's just, it's so easy. You just figure anything. You get thrown like. A crazy hold and it's like you just press a hold button and it's like from here wow. and now and you're like beep 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 and it's like done here's your hold wow well this is kind of like that in in the garmin yeah you have to, you have to push a couple of things but uh yeah. about the only difference uh is i think you know garmin's gone more towards almost all touchscreen and, and avidine kept the buttons so you can do either you can be all you, you, can, you can do either on the garmin too but I actually I, I need the buttons because in turbulence, yeah, you can send yourself onto another approach or another airport accidentally. Yes, it, it does have some fail-safe stuff. Do you really want to do this? Are you sure you want to? <laughs> <laughs> but I look forward to practicing again. I'll be I'll be practicing a lot on the you know the um, the TXI isn't as good because you can't really do a trip. But on the Garmin 750 pract uh, uh, app. You can really yes. fly an airplane. It's pretty extraordinary. You can set where you are, how fast you're going, what altitude you're at, and you can play all day. You can fly approaches all day. So I'll yeah, be doing that. Awesome. I'll probably fly more approaches this summer than I will once I'm in the airplane, you know, on the computer. <laughs> that's, how you, that's, how you, that's how you do it well. That's awesome. Yeah. I do practice. I love to practice. What, what else have I been doing during COVID? I mean, that's another thing. All I've done is practice for the last two years. There's nowhere to go. Yeah. You know, Pam and I flew down to to um, uh, to South Carolina for a week. That's my last trip in the airplane. There's nowhere to go. That that yeah. you you know you get a, you have to put mask on in the restaurants, mask on. You go anywhere. Everything's closed. I can't yeah. wait to get back to just going out in the airplane. And say I'm going to go to L.A. and I'm going to stop. This I got a trip planned for the fall. I want to stop in friends of mine in South Carolina, New Orleans. I want to go to Austin and eat myself through Austin. And then I want to go, uh, maybe go see the airplane graveyard, uh, you know. Oh, I've always, oh yeah, yeah, I've always wanted to do that in Tucson or around there. Yeah, I had a DC-3 panel rebuilt for me there and I lost wow. it, so I stole it. I had it all lit up and everything. It was like a coffee table, you know, it was fantastic. Wow. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I know what you mean. We, uh, we did keep doing trips. We did uh, trips during the pandemic out to, uh, to national parks. We went out to Glacier. Uh, we went out to Yellowstone. And it was great because there wasn't a lot of people. Yeah. It, it, it made it remarkably easy. I, we were out there. We're like, wait, this is safer than home. This is awesome. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. I'm hoping that if the show gets one more season after this, that's all I really want to do. I'm, I'm kind of, oh, I, I don't know. It's strange. I just would rather fly and um, hang out with my family. I'm, I'm not really into being a gypsy anymore. I totally I, understand. We've got a, we've got a series planned, um, video series planned for this summer. We're going to do called uh, 
no magenta line. We're going to take off and not and literally not have a plan. Like we're going to we're going to start going until it's not like we're not going to have our navigator so we you know whatever, but we're not going to have there's never going to be a direct to. We're not going to we're never going to know exactly where we're going. We're just going to keep wandering and look at cities and figure out where we want to what airport we want to land at and spend the night and explore. Well, that's pretty much the way I did it back in the day. I think I got more when there was weather, of course, I would have my little chart case and I get my charts all organized for the next day's flight so I could fold them and unfold them yeah. perfect in flight. Particularly since in the one in the 180, which I flew to LA from 1941, I didn't have an autopilot. So I hand flew yeah. that from Teterboro to Burbank. Um, That's awesome. That was a great flight. That was a lot of fun. I, I think I, I didn't tell you this, but when I, it was my first IMC in my life, I think. I would just got my instrument rating, and so I took off from Teterboro, and I was cleared to, to 8,000 feet, and it was 8,000 all the way to Ohio. I think I landed in Ohio somewhere. And um, I was so at 8,000 feet, and I was so nervous, just so nervous that I would do something wrong or just, just being in that whiteout by myself you know yeah. so i get it <laughs> and i had an orange juice bottle that i peed in and then i would pour it out the, the little side window <laughs> and, and what so when they said okay uh my my end number was as eight zeros no that that was the seneca four three seven five tango was my airplane and they said uh, four three seven five tango descend and maintain six thousand <laughs> and i'm at eight and I, I started descent, and at about 400 feet, I could see forever. I was I was flying in this one layer of clouds for two hours, terrified. And I was I could have been VFR the whole trip. Wow. Oh my goodness, those were the days. That was fun. That was a good trip, Tom. Um, all right, yeah. so we'll just we'll just chat on Tuesday. I tomorrow take, it will be it will be a lot of fun. I Dan really. Dan Aykroyd wanted to go up, but I never got him up either. Who was that? Dan Aykroyd. He was oh. our tank commander. That tank crew was pretty good. It was me, Aykroyd, Mickey Rourke, and John Candy. Oh, that's for a tank crew. <laughs> no kidding. That's awesome. Oh, I love that. Uh, I think have I. You, did you have you ever written anything? What? I know you do. You've written like shows and stuff like that, and plays, et cetera. But have you done a book? No, I'm going to do a book. You I'm definitely book. should. You definitely should. Yeah, I, 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 the bar is very high because my favorite books are written by really wonderful. Uh, David Niven wrote a gorgeous, two beautiful autobiographies. Alec Guinness's are very good. Um, the ones that have a sense of humor. Charles Grodin wrote a wonderful, wonderful book. And the name of the book was, and this is what the kind of writing that I'd like to do. The name of the book is, It'd Be So Nice If You Weren't Here. And, uh, they were doing a movie in England and all the actors took the tape off of the living room of somebody's house. You know, they weren't supposed to sit in their real living room. They were using the house, other parts of the house and that was roped off, no actors allowed kind of a thing, you know, and they, of course, took, pushed the tape aside, and there was Chuck Roden and all the other actors sitting in her living room, and this very nice English lady came walking into the room and looked at them all and said, it would be so nice if you weren't here, <laughs> meaning get out, get the fuck out of my living room. 
So he named his book, It Would Be So Nice If You Weren't Here. Um, That's awesome. Oh, you know, I did fly. That was kind of fun. I did a, I went to a film festival in Austin and I flew. She needed a ride home. So I gave uh, Allie McGraw a ride back to her her city, that wonderful city up on the hill. And in, in, uh, it's a gorgeous uh, Western city in, uh, it's not Phoenix. Uh, I think it's where Gene Hackman retired to also. Scottsdale? Uh, uh, no, it, it plateau. There's a plateau name in it or something. Uh, I'll, I'll think of it by tomorrow. But I did give her a ride once. That's awesome. You and I um, can talk for hours about this shit. We'll have something I'll to know. talk about. I'm, I, I can't wait. <laughs> It'll be fun. I just I can't I have to remind myself that uh, you know that that flying around with celebrities is, is special to some people. To me, it's like these are you know. There's an old story where Liza Minnelli was asked, "What was it like growing up in Hollywood?" You know, and and your mother would have these dinner parties and Fred Astaire and Gene Kelly, and all the great actors that come. You know, and James Cagney. All, and she said, "What did I know? These are my mother's friends who came over and complained about their careers." That's what, you know, nobody was happy with their agent or their career. All they did was complain. So to her, they weren't celebrities, you know. Oh, no kidding. That's awesome. I'll get my emails. They have a, a password. You jump on as soon as you're there. Right. I'll but if they have, if they have a, uh, a higher speed one to pay for, pay for it. Okay. Do that. A lot of times they have like a premium version that gives you much better. That, that'll be I, will, I will get the premium. I'll send you, I'll send you the bill. Boom. Exactly. That's like a true actor. Absolutely. <laughs> Just remember, St. Genesius is the patron saint of actors and thieves. That's how respected we were over the years. And apparently, actors and pilots are both cheap. <laughs> are pilots known to be cheap? I guess they are. Oh, really? Really? You mean pilots that will, like, literally fly to another state to get better gas prices? Like... <laughs> At some point, I guess the, the mathematics don't work, do they? You, you, no, we don't really think that way. <laughs> but they are high right now. They are high, man. Absolutely. It's crazy. I look, yeah. I put uh, put on my Garmin, I'll put on my Garmin, the, you know, you can put fuel prices or weather. I put fuel prices on, I just nothing but sixes. Sixes Ugh. and sixes. It's Yuck. up past six in a lot of places. Yeah, absolutely. So you got a Rutland. It's hard to get it up in the mountains there, so they charge high prices for gas there. <laughs> there is a self-serve. There's a self-serve pump though, which is a dollar a dollar a gallon less. You know, so we'll put our heads together. Yeah, we got to get your blocking set. No, I don't have I don't have books and stuff. <laughs> you put so an X on the floor of your hotel room. Every every room has a desk and a chair. Um, and then, uh, and then I'm gonna put a piece of tape next. You gotta put a piece of tape next to that camera because you're not looking at the camera again. There you go. <laughs> hey, baby. I'll, I'll look at the tape. You just have <laughs> such a you have such a nice face. Why don't Why don't they put the camera in the middle where I'm looking at you? <laughs> Can't you lean way over toward where my camera is? <laughs> look there now. Look. <laughs> How about now? Now you're looking the right way. <laughs> I have acted with more tape. You have no idea. I did a film called Deep Rising. We had sea monsters chasing us and everything. And we had to look frightened at pieces of tape, you know. It's just, 
<laughs> oh, it's all such a sham. It's awesome. Absolutely anyway, awesome. I will see you tomorrow at yeah. uh, what, what time? eight o'clock, seven o'clock. What time? Eight o'clock Eastern. Get on seven forty. Twenty minutes early. Seven forty. I'm going to put a little thing, little call. Okay. See you later. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. And so that was another great behind-the-scenes episode of a pre-show meeting with Treat Williams for one of his Social Flight Live experiences. Treat was truly one of the most amazing and inspirational individuals I have ever met, and he will be sorely, sorely missed. And so with that, I leave you all and thank you for everything that you do for general aviation and wish you all blue skies.